Stop. Stop. You're ruining it. You're listening to the Wisecast brought to you by... (laughs) Stop. I'm going to go pee. How's it going? You're listening to the Wisecast. This is Tyson, your host, and uh, this is uh, our first time uh, recording over Zoom. So uh, it's been difficult to set up uh, interviews with the whole remote learning and everything, stay in place order. So we're trying it over Zoom to see if we can't open the door to access some more people to interview. On that note, um, today our guest someone you're familiar with, who actually technically is also a co-host. Kylie, Kylie, if you could uh, introduce yourself um, and then maybe share a little bit about yourself and who, in answer to the question, who is one pop culture uh, person that you admire or like? Wow. Okay. Lots of questions. First, I didn't know I was considered a co-host. Wow. I like having a title. Thank you. Um, what was the question? Who am I? Um, I'm the Ethos Program Director. I think I've only been on one of these Wisecast podcasts oh, before. I thought it was a couple. Because so. you helped interview. Maybe a couple. That's anyway. Well, we'll just make you. You and John are co-hosts. <laughs> like I all, like it. I like it. <laughs> um, a pop icon or somebody that. Yeah. Anybody that celebrity? Might. Yeah. I mean, oh gosh. It's not. It doesn't have to be limited to like a musician or an actor necessarily. Anyone that is. A- I already have an answer, Tyson. Right. I love Lady Gaga with all of my heart and soul. That woman is amazing. Nice. I love her political standing. I love who she is as a person. She's a freak, and I love it. Yeah, okay. Gosh, I think I have loved her since like sixth grade. She has been one of my like top celebrities. Yeah, I love that woman. She's okay. great. Nice. I stand by her. She's wonderful. Cool. Yeah, Lady Gaga. She's uh, yeah, she was uh, that Lady Gaga was the person. She was in that movie with uh, Bradley Cooper, right? Yeah, they were in A Star Is Born, which is also an amazing movie. Yes, it is amazing. Um, we're on the depressing side. Yeah, but yeah, it's it was. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. Lady Gaga. That's great. Um, do you, so do you like her musical talent, but also like, what are some... What oh, are- yeah. Like, I think she's such a talented artist, but I also just love like her just as a person. Like, I love her organization. I just, yeah, everything she stands for. She's so into like social justice, human rights, and like not afraid to speak up about anything. Yeah, she's just great. Yeah, yeah. She's like really hot also. She's killing it. Yeah. Right on, Lady Gaga. All right, cool. Well, what um so if you reflect on this last year, what is the first thing that pops into your head? The most memorable thing that happened this last year. It could be good or bad. It doesn't just the first thing that popped up. Well, me and um my now husband have had quite the eventful year. So This January, I got married, which was very eventful, but we also found out that we're expecting our first child, which is big life stuff. (laughs) So I think that'd probably be the most eventful thing that happened this year. 
Yeah, that's huge. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of said yeah. I figured uh, that would be. We're gonna get. We're gonna go there. Well, <laughs> I assumed as much. <laughs> um, super excited. On uh, do you know the gender of the baby? Are you guys finding out? We're gonna find out, but we don't know anything yet. I think I have an inkling, and so does Sam, and everybody around me feels like it's a girl. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a boy. I feel like it's a boy. It's probably not. I'm probably wrong, but yeah. I just have a feeling it's gonna be a boy because everybody wants a girl so bad. Yeah. yeah, I told you I had four inklings. Yes, and they were all incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> I have four inklings, but I was around four boys, and I yep. have four girls, which is great, and I love it. I would have it no other way, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, we're pretty indifferent. Sam's like, he will not give me any sort of feedback. He's like, I don't want to talk names until I know. I don't want to get hopes up either way. So yeah. we're fine with whatever it is. Gosh, I don't care. Yeah, I, I'm so grateful. Like, I was just more scared because I don't have any sisters. I didn't really, um, the whole female gender thing for me is kind of like a big mystery. I didn't really have yeah. any. So, you know, having two of those, I just was like, you know, I, I'm more confident to raise a boy. So um, it was pretty fun. But yeah, and, that's how Sam is. He has two other brothers. So he's like, I just wouldn't know how to like play with a girl. I'm like, it's going to be the exact same. Yeah. It'll do just fine. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, really, even with myself, that's pretty much how I treat them, is how I would treat uh, if we had boys. Even to the point where, as difficult as it, more difficult it can be sometimes, um, giving them the freedom to choose and to do stuff that I would do. So I'm trying to raise them no differently than I would raise boys. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of our goal too. We're very much like we want it everything to be gender neutral. Mm -hmm. Like when we talk about nursery and everything like that, like I am very much like I want to raise this baby very neutrally. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want us to be the people who place all of these specific gender roles onto them. I know it's going to happen, but yeah, I want to avoid it coming from me as much as possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It is interesting too. Um, anyway, I, I mean, I, I think it's interesting because we also, Iris and I had experience raising, we were, we raised like four teenage boys. So we, we fostered and we, were guardians of teenage boys before we had our own biological daughters, right? So, um, but that was also, we parented then very differently than we parent now, right? I would say we're a bit more traditional, uh, but now not so much because we've had some experience in our belt. We recognize that, I mean, parenting is not about power control, which traditional parenting is about trying to control the kid and, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's very, very different for us to be able to like push through those, that the first 20 years of parenting to like where we're at now. It's just mm -hmm. very different. Um, but it is crazy. Um, interesting to, to see how, like, you know, I catch myself, well, would I do that if I had boys or how would I handle that 10 years ago or 20 years ago? And yeah. And, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's fun parenting, man. It's, uh, no, it's very yeah. interesting, even like in these early stages of us talking about like certain decisions that we're going to make as parents and both um, his family and my family were really traditional, pretty uh, religious also. And Sam and I are the polar opposite of anything traditional. Yeah. 
And so it's just, it's very interesting seeing other people trying to like guide us toward that, like very traditional route. And we're just like, nope, not happening. Well, it's interesting because you hear a lot of the, the traditional, like the classic, um, like uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. Like you hear all these like very like verses and stuff taken out of context. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's really interesting. It's fascinating how we kind of fall back on some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, but I mean, which is great. So your age, what is your age again? I'm 22. I'll be 23 in February. So yeah. pretty soon. Cool. Fairly young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the reason I asked too is because, you know, we're talking about parenting and you know, we're talking about bringing another life into this world, but also, we're, you know, the whole point of this is to really discuss the transition from, you know, your being a child to adolescence to adulthood. So and it's, I mean, it's a lot more fresher in your mind than mine. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. Really taking it there, Tyson. Gosh. <laughs> but I, I think it's great because you have some really great insight and perspective. Uh, perspective that um, a lot of, you know, some, so still being a fairly young person starting out your family, which is exciting. Uh, yeah. Just a really great, like, great position to be in to talk about, like, adult culture and young person culture so mm-hmm. i'm so curious as to what your take out take is on on youth culture like what are some insights about youth culture that you appreciate what are your thoughts do you have any thoughts like you know i think uh you know like the transition like looking back at when you're in you know when you're 16 years of age um, were you God. looking forward to becoming an adult? Were you looking forward to growing up, being independent? Like what was? Yeah, no, I think I have definitely always been independent since I was a really young age. I raised myself. And so I think I've always looked forward to being an adult. And now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, okay. I should have enjoyed a little bit more, but I feel like I'm always the type of person who really looks forward to getting older that's really strange. And I felt a lot in high school, like I look forward to turning 30. I am so excited to grow old and like have gray hair. It's just a thing I've always been like really intrigued by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, now that I'm here and I'm like, wow, okay. I'm an adult. I'm married. I'm having a kid. Yeah. Holy crap. Like it is, I've always looked at myself as much older than I am. And I think that now my life reflects that in a lot of ways. And it's so scary, but it's also really exciting because I think I've always looked forward to creating my own family and kind of having a say in everything in my life. I'm kind of a control freak. And so I feel like the adult world uh, tailors to that and I get to pick and choose. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's interesting. So you see, you, you look forward to growing growing up and and going into becoming an adult um yeah. what what are your thoughts on on youth culture now that you're bringing another life into this world what are some of your your thoughts or concerns about youth culture i think i worry just that i think that i worry that even when i was like a really really little kid i didn't enjoy being young and i think that's something that me and sam have talked about a lot of that we really want to make sure that our child like really takes in 
those moments and is allowed to be a free kid because I definitely wasn't. And yeah, I think that's probably my biggest fear is that constant need to like want to be older and want to grow up and want to be independent and do things your own way. And so we want to give them a lot of independence because I think that would also allow them to feel like they have the freedom to be that age, like be a 16 year old. Don't be worried about being a 22 year old, you know? I think that's probably my biggest fear is that they'll turn out just a little bit too much like me and be always craving to be an adult and not sit in their childhood. So feel like there's like a lack of enjoyment. Was did that come? So it sounds like you're you're saying that that came from this pressure um, to be somebody that you weren't. Oh yeah, like even as I was a little kid, like it was always that pressure of like, well you will always want to act older. You always want to act older because it's cooler. You always want to act older because older kids have more things than you do. And you're never enjoying just where you are and what stage you're at. And that's something that I really regret. Definitely. Like I wish when I was eight years old, I was playing, you know, and not so focused on like getting a cell phone. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's like those stupid little things that now you think about yeah 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 that's interesting yeah so and it, so would you say i guess everyone's different too right like you know sometimes we can we have we apply pressures in our own life like for example in our family we don't really apply a lot of pressure for our daughters to go to college like me personally i i mean i think it's kind of silly to expect everybody to go to college and to do it right yeah. high school like i think it's I think it's kind of ridiculous that we live in a society that says, oh, you must go into $80,000 debt, you know, and yep. do this to become somebody, which is really asinine to me. Um, so we don't put a lot of pressure on them to excel in school and to get good grades and go on to college and to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And each one of them is very different because some of them are one of them, like a couple of them are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Harvard. I need a 4.5 GPA. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, even you're, you know, so I think part of that too is just like you're, your natural, I guess, your natural disposition to like want to achieve some of these things. But I think we also mm-hmm. in society and the school space or that says you need to go to college. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's like a huge topic that I've started bringing up because, you know, for me, I, I was that kid who was like, I need a 4.0. I'm going to a good college. Like I wanted to get my doctorate. Like it's not happening anymore. Yeah, You know, because I've taken those pressures off myself, but Sam was really similar where he was pushed and pushed and pushed. Like you have to go to college. Like you're not going to be anything if you're not a college graduate, like your life is never going to amount to anything. Yeah, And that's just something that's so stupid and so not true. And I just think like that kills so much in a kid. Like I would have loved to be able to follow like my more artistic paths and like, I loved the arts and I loved performing. And those were things that like, I knew were unrealistic because everybody told me they were. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely also do not want to place like all of that pressure. Like you have to go to college, you have to get your degree. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how times have changed for sure. Right. Like and how yeah. now you kind of have to be a jack of many trades, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's more, it's consistent across the board, especially with young people, young people. I mean, 
you know, and all those other jobs and, and opportunities to learn different skills are all point towards, you know, uh, a direction that you can go, right? So whether it's yeah. or a trade or, you know, entrepreneur or whatever. Um, and I think we tend to devalue a lot of that oftentimes. So anyway. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess probably... This, thanks for sharing. This is great. <laughs> I mean, I think it's your perception. I can, I can also kind of hear your perception has kind of shifted and changed. And now you're bringing another life into the world as well. So, like, childhood wasn't all that great. Like, you didn't really enjoy it. There's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to grow up quickly. You want to become an adult. You want to be independent. Um, yeah. And then you hear you are in adulthood and your and your priorities have shifted right? You're not going to get a doctorate, right? So I hear your, your narrative is changing and it's part of that, like, as you grow. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's awesome. It's interesting. Um, so what are some things about adult culture that you're anticipating that you're looking forward to more so as you go further into adulthood? That I'm looking forward to, oh gosh, not much. (laughs) Well, I think uh, you just articulated that you're looking forward to parenting. Big time. I think that's something that I was always really terrified about. Like I'm in charge of this little being and I get to help them become a human being who will like eventually add to society. Yeah. Horrifying. But I think it's also a really great opportunity. Me and Sam have always wanted to have kids. I've always wanted to be a mom. Um, and I've always wanted to be a young mom as, you know, it's just, it's just always something that I've wanted to do, but yeah, that's definitely something that I'm really looking forward to is getting to like, look back on how I was raised and look back at all the things I really, really loved and take those into my own parenting, but then also look back at all the things that I really, really did not love and just being able to like have a redo And I'm also looking forward to like giving somebody a really great home life and a really great childhood. And like, I don't know, it's just really exciting. It's terrifying, but it's also really exciting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's crazy too, because uh, you learn so much about yourself. Like, and you learn so Mm -hmm. much from this little one coming into this world too. Yeah, that's something that I have already learned is now I'm not thinking about just me. I've always been a very uh, selfish person who I put myself first and I put myself above everything and I am, I self-preserve and now it's totally not about me at all. It's all about this little thing that's not even here yet and I'm already like rewriting my whole life around it in order to make its life better and it's really strange and I've never done that before because again very selfish person uh, I mean I, I think you realize the the power of individuality and independence right those are yeah. two uh, similar but also different um in nature but then I think part of that bigger picture is uh as an individual and independent my choices directly affect my neighbor or mm-hmm. next to me and so we're also very connected but then you bring a, a life into this world and um like your perspective changes yeah i started learning about you know that's when i really started to kind of 
dig deep and realize like, dude, we live in a super hyper-masculine society, toxic masculine. Society. Yeah. I mean, not everything about masculinity is toxic, right? So, um, but I think I started to realize like, dude, this is definitely a, a sexist society and culture. And I started viewing my perspective through a different lens more so. And I always kind of did growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I always kind of didn't buy into a lot of the sexism and a lot of that you know, um, some of that stuff, but then by nature I was too. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, but then I had a daughter and then I had another daughter and then I had another daughter and I started like just everything I started to see, I was like, dude, this is, this is kind of crazy. You know? So one of my favorite questions to ask young people was like, if you were to wake up tomorrow and be the opposite gender you are now, how would that inform your decision? And how would that change your oh, life? Oh gosh. And that question right there, I've heard some of the most, like I started asking young people that because you know here mm-hmm. I'm having daughters and I was blown away by the responses. Yeah. Both genders, right? Like I was like, it was it blew my mind. Like I young boys would be like, oh, I kill myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awful. It's horrible. Why? And then they started talking about like, all the stuff really that you can do. Think about it. Yeah. Like yeah. me and Sam, we started discussing gender because obviously, like gender is not something that matters to us. We so yeah. don't care. Yeah, but it's a thing that we have to take into account. And, you know, we were kind of sitting there talking about it and he made the comment. He's like, well, if we have a girl, I'm really fearful. And I was like, yeah, I am too. Being a woman in this world, I know the, the potentials that can happen. Obviously those things can happen to boys, Yeah. but being a girl myself, I only know what I've experienced and I am terrified that it is a girl. I want it to be a boy because I don't want it to be a girl, you know? And that's not something I ever thought that I would be like scared about or thinking about, but here I am thinking about like, I don't want like even thinking about having my kids spending the night at somebody's house, even a family member. I'm like, nope, never happening. Like they're never leaving my sight. And it's like, all of a sudden, all these like fears are starting to bubble up about like the different genders and all the different possible things that can happen. And it's just, Oh my God, it's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You can kind of feel the anxiety kicking in. Yeah. No, it's hard. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, that's what it blew my mind. And this is some of the girls that I would ask that question to, they were like, Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. I'm like, wait, like, why? That would be able to do this. I get yeah. all these different privileges. I'm like, man, this is a question. Like, we need to address this more often, right? So that's yeah. why I became passionate about what I what we do. You know. Yes. If uh, I woke up a boy, I would be so happy. I would just walk out in the world, and I would feel so free. Like that's the biggest thing for me. Like as a woman, I do not leave my house at night alone. I don't really go anywhere alone if I don't have to. And when I do, like. I feel so terrified. Like the amount of times I'm catcalled, if I go out in one week, I'm at least catcalled once. And I'm not even like, you know, like I don't dress that to it. Like I don't look nice going out. Like it doesn't matter what you look like. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I would be so happy if I woke up a boy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting. I mean, yeah. So that, I mean, I think that is, is really important to recognize like, you know, and part of that, like, what about youth culture and adult culture, you know, needs to change. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's like, you know, challenging young people with these, with these questions and really trying to, you know, facilitate a conversation around this. 
it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, it, it's also difficult because we live in a society that um, we kind of adult culture tends to tell young people what to believe, you know what I mean? As opposed to yeah. um, having conversations and, and teaching them what is critical thinking and thinking for yourself and being comfortable in your own skin and, you know, and getting them to understand that it's not your problem how other people perceive you, right? Um, you know, things like that where it's like, you know, is a good starting point of having a deeper conversation that I can arrive so that I can arrive to my own set of morals and beliefs. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting too, like me and Sam didn't realize that getting pregnant would mean that so many people in our lives would now be all eyes on us. Like we are the first in both families to have a baby mm. and we both have siblings. And now any decision that we make, whether it's about like how we're going to raise our child and like the different things that we're going to be doing, like how, who's going to be the authoritarian? How are we going to discipline our kid? Like all eyes are on us. And it's like, we really have to stop and think because it's not just how we're raising our child, but we are also kind of setting the tone for the other people in our lives. And it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's things you don't think about at all until it happens and it's happening to you. And you're like, wow, okay. I'm not just me anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's awesome though. You'll you'll, you'll love it. You're going to be great. I think part of that too is like, it's kind of like, like nobody really wants to be, nobody wants to be controlled. Right. You know? Well, and that's something too, that like, I think a lot of people and especially like the men in my life have zero clue about is like, think about being a pregnant woman in society. Like you are no longer, it's not about you. Like, I'm sorry, but nobody cares about me anymore. It's all about this baby. Like I'm not able to walk myself to my car without a horde of family members, like making sure I don't trip. And it's not for my own safety. They could care less if I fell. It's about the baby. And it's like, it's just so interesting how everybody looks at you so differently and you are just this vessel. (laughs) It's really weird. And I've challenged my brothers and even Sam and my dad. I'm like, think about it. Think about how it would be if you were a pregnant woman in society and don't even throw COVID into it. Cause that's a whole other layer. Yeah. yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. It's pretty crazy, but it's pretty, it's, it's exciting. Like, it's great. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's like how different do you guys, do you guys want to have more than one? Definitely. Um, I feel God awful, but I will, I will attempt for one more and then we will adopt. Yeah. <laughs> We're like doing this one more time. And then, yeah, no, we are very much like we, we want a lot of kids, but I just feel better about adopting than I do just having a bunch of my own. I would so much rather give a home to somebody else who really, really needs it. Um, yeah. well. even before, this pregnancy, we had talked about even just not having kids of our own and only adopting, and it was definitely an option. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we definitely yeah, overpopulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. All right. So, moving on to the next question time for your Wisecast commercial. Thank you for listening to the Wisecast, a podcast providing a voice for young people, talking about young person culture with young people for all people. 
we would like to use this commercial break to do a shout out of another podcast to add to your podcast list that is by and with young people. The Heart Podcast, Teens Against Violence. The Heart, standing for Healthy and Responsible Relationships Troop. The amazing high school members of this group take on tough conversations head-on and hearts open. Join them as they dive deep into topics like dating violence, gender equality, and abuse of all kinds. Give them a listen. You won't be disappointed. Now back to where we left off. Okay, yeah. So um, so we've been talking about parenting, uh, a little bit about growing up as a young person. Um, You shared your story about being a woman and a little bit. So now you're bringing another life into this world. And you and Sam are talking about how you want to parent, whether it's a boy or a girl or, you know, anywhere on the spectrum of gender. Um, so, which also is, what are, what are a couple of pieces of nuggets that you would give? Because this is, this is kind of a segue to February, right? So it's the end of January. February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And we're ramping up to talk about some of these things over social media, even another podcast coming to talk about this. Um, and just mm-hmm. really highlight all this in February. So what are some nuggets that you are going to hold on to to share with your child or children when they become of age to start pursuing a relationship? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Even the topic, I'm like, who felt my stomach drop? Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. I think the biggest thing is I grew up right around the time where, like, the Internet took off. And so many of us were so stupid and had no idea that what you post stays there forever. Uh-huh. You send something, and I'm sorry, but it doesn't just go to one person. And so I think the biggest thing that I will talk to my kids about is like internet safety. And even in dating relationships, you know, it's like you have no boundaries anymore because of constantly being just you're always on. I feel like I see even like my um, younger nieces and nephews and younger cousins and just young people in my life. And they are always on their phones. And anytime that somebody texts them, they feel this like pressure to respond immediately. And it's like that immediacy that it's just so awful. And you have zero privacy in the world. And yeah, I think like a huge thing that me and Sam have already talked about, a big conversation is going to be talking about sexting and nudes yeah. and like the do danger it. around that. Just yeah. don't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I just lose the access. You know, um, yeah, like it's just, yeah, it's crazy. I understand like in the moment you totally like feel safe with this person oh. and you feel like, why would they ever betray you? Why would they ever do anything? But just don't do it. Just don't. Maybe it's, it's, it's not that. A friend just flips into his phone and sends it to himself or sends it to, you know, so part of it, like even this idea that I'll just do it over Snapchat or whatever because it disappears yeah. in 10 seconds. Nope. It can be it captured. And it, there are other apps, like you were saying, there are other apps that can capture the image without the other person knowing or yeah. looking when they captured it or. Not to mention, just because it deletes doesn't mean you can't extract it. You still get to it. You still access it. You know, it's like the technology is out there. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't know. For me, when I think about it also, I think about like the consequences afterwards. Like maybe while you're in that relationship, 
mm-hmm. yeah, fine. You trust that person. But what if afterwards you guys go through something and that person's pissed off at you? Yeah. You know what the greatest way to of revenge is, is showing everybody everything. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think that's probably like the biggest topic that we're going to talk about. Like, I think that's something I'm really terrified about is just all of the technology and online world and yeah it's just so freaking scary and you really can't do much (laughs) once it's out there it's out yeah and that's really hard to understand when you're like first introduced to social media first introduced to anything like that you just don't think about it no yeah it's crazy and i mean it's it that's yeah that's my i mean technology is changing the game for sure (laughs) Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's more so you're you're gonna talk about like that, the technology, text or sexting, news, all that. I think another thing is location services, right? Like why do you have to yes. know where the other person is at all times? Like like the concept yeah. of like having to reveal your location at all times. Yeah. What? Like I don't even share my location with my wife. You know, my, yeah, well, my partner is like, hey, where's your location? And I just tell her. <laughs> like, I don't have to, yeah. She's like, why don't you share your location? And they're like, I don't know, because it's creepy. It's not necessary. Like, yeah, no, this is something that was really, really popular. True um, honesty. Sorry. Yeah, this is this is something that was really, really popular. Like when I was going throughout high school, it was it was really new. And everybody was like, oh, if you're my best friend, like you'll share me your location. And it was like. If you're best friends or you're dating, like your location is shared. And once I met Sam, Sam and I met like right out of high school, like a week into college is when we met. And that was something we talked about. And I was like, if you truly need that from me, then we are not dating. That is so ridiculous. It's this false sense of trust that you have with somebody. It's just all about power and control. Yeah. And that's just so I'm a very independent person. And if you don't trust me just by my word, why the heck are we dating anyway? Yeah. That's definitely something like, I definitely want to have that conversation about like those ways that people can control you and kind of like have power over you. But it's like this false sense of trust that you have with someone. And I think that social media and just technology has kind of like helped that in a way. Yeah. It's Gross, I hate it. I made things, some things worse, you know, I mean, it's kind of an opportunity to educate and bring some things to light, but it doesn't yeah. always <laughs> I feel yeah. like so many young people just don't have privacy and they don't even realize that they don't have any privacy in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy too when you're so young and you're, so much of your own identity is wrapped up into another person. Like it's, it blows yeah. it. There are too many fish in the sea. Like don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like you hear those things over and over at such a young age. But the reality is like, just find, find the confidence and comfort in your own skin before you look to somebody else to affirm who you are. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so I, I think it can be really, it can really be distracting to some of that emotional development and, you know, Anyway, so yeah, relationships in general, it's like, why, why be in a hurry? Yeah. Like I am all for dating and I'm definitely not going to like 
set a dating age because that was done to me and it was so stupid and it didn't change anything. I dated when I was in eighth grade, had a boyfriend in fourth grade. Like it just doesn't matter to me at all. I think I'm just always going to have a very like open line of communication and definitely not hide anything from them. Yeah. I feel like that's the worst thing you can do because then they're going to seek it out on their own. And that's when they're going to be vulnerable to these people who just want to take control over them. Yeah. Well, I think like, like we were talking about where we want to go with this in February and like, I, I just the concept of like, talk about your boundaries, like right up front, like what kind of friend is this? Is this an intimate relationship? What kind of relationship are you wanting? Is your, you know, just tell them, Hey, if we get an argument, uh, no name calling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. start there. Start simple. Like, don't ever grab me when you're, mm-hmm. you know, or or touch me or when you're angry. It's like, you know, just kind of establish yeah. healthy boundaries. Like, don't ever ask me to share my location. Yeah. Well, and I think like to take it back to adult culture also, especially like in parenting, Mm. since we're talking about it, it's like, that's such a huge thing of allowing your child to set boundaries with you. Like that's really important for them to learn early on is having healthy boundaries and those start at home first. And if you don't teach those to your child early on, later on down the road, they're not going to know to set those boundaries with you know, somebody who they're dating. And yeah, yeah, that's like a huge thing for me is whenever you enter into any relationship, I think the first thing that you should do is discuss your boundaries. And I think that that is one of the best ways to prevent intimate partner violence. And yeah, yeah I think part of that is like, yeah, learn that skill of, of having tough conversations, conflict and confrontation in healthy ways. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it helps you learn about yourself also because you start to realize what you are comfortable with and Mm. what you need emotionally. You know, like I had no idea that I was an introvert for most of my life and that I needed that space by myself Mm. because I never allowed it to myself. And I realized that technology did not help that (laughs) until I became like 20 years old and I started to really see like I'm exhausted every day and I can't fix it. And I thought like it's physical exhaustion. It wasn't, it was like that emotional and mental exhaustion from my partner, from friends. Yeah. And I think setting those boundaries, you start to learn about yourself and you start to realize what you need in relationships. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's you. So I I think that's what I would, yeah. Like you were saying, like tell young people right off, it's just establish your boundaries like this is what's acceptable if you want to be in a relationship with me and this is what's not like yeah and And it can be as simple as like don't text me past like 5 p.m because i'm (laughs) relaxing and that's okay (laughs) yeah i mean you know like what kind of pda do you want to display right yeah like i don't want to kiss in public i don't want to like i don't want to make out public yeah like don't touch my butt like it's totally acceptable to say those things and I feel like so many people are so terrified like especially young people I remember when I was in high school and going through like my first relationship like I was terrified to set any like ground rules or boundaries because I was like well if I say that like I don't want to kiss in public maybe he won't like me anymore and it's like that sense of like if I set boundaries for myself then I'm not going to be like seen the same way or they're not going to like me the same way yeah. and it's just a 
stupid because if they don't want to be with you after you set boundaries, that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting too, because part of the boundaries is like, you're in a relationship with someone, but then the boundaries like that you guys establish also impact everyone else around you. Like, yeah, like when some of our teenage boys, I get texts from parents or whatever, and they're like, dude, your uh, your your son is disgusting in public with his girlfriend, and they start telling like, oh my gosh, really? Like, there's no like they're making everyone like you make everyone else feel uncomfortable, right? So part of that yeah. is like. Those boundaries are also there um, to help you understand too that there's other people around you, right? So when you're yeah. making out, that's the one thing is that that is kind of blew me away. That's acceptable is is uh, um, how people are just on campus making out. I'm like, what? This is that's like you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's really funny. Well, and I'm always like, I don't know. I'm the type of person who <laughs> I look at it as like even my relationships I had in like eighth grade, like I look back and I think if I would have set those boundaries, maybe later on down the road, somebody else wouldn't have had to set the boundaries for them, you know? And it's like, it is a chain effect that when you set boundaries with a partner and they go on later, they're going to have an idea of, okay, maybe this isn't okay to do. Maybe this isn't all right to do in public, you know? So I think people just kind of need to think outside themselves also and really see like the effect that they have and the effect that their relationship has. And that's part of growing too is, is uh, back on that and being like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's cool. And then we learn and we change. Right. And that's, so that's, that's that's part of the process too so yeah i mean Definitely. yeah i mean i feel like i articulated that about parenting yeah that's the natural progression like when you're younger you don't set any boundaries and then yeah. people cross your boundaries and you realize and then later on down the road you start to create those boundaries for yourself but yeah. I think what we need to do is start talking about setting boundaries way sooner. That way we avoid so much of this awful, awful middle bit that happens. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, like looking back, I wish I would have been told just establish your boundaries mm-hmm. early, right up front. You know what I mean? Um, then I just wouldn't, I, I probably would have had more confidence and not avoided <laughs> relationship like i'm so scared uh, to talk to the girl i liked or you know i was just so because i just didn't know i mean there's just so much in in, in lingo and question that you don't talk about you know so mm-hmm. anyway we should probably um we should probably we could talk about this for hours it's, it's hard <laughs> to tell. i can't tell how long we've been recording on here anyway last question um if you could be an animal in any part of the world, what animal would you be? <laughs> um, okay. Kind of shifting gears. <laughs> An animal and just Which, any animal. Yeah, and why? And why? I think maybe I would be a squirrel because I feel like my chances of survival are pretty high. Nice. Um. I feel like they're fairly uh, nice, not going after people that often, you know? You don't hear too many, like, squirrel attacks. Um, 
Live and I feel like long. they like to live like in the forest, and that's kind of where I would want to be, you know, among the trees and the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, squirrel. Nice squirrel. I am that of a squirrel mentally. So yeah, non-aggressive, but like don't don't get close because I feel like squirrels they bite, you know. Yeah, they can definitely bite. How many people mess with squirrels? Yes. Cool. Right on. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share or you'd like to say before we uh, before we sign off for today? Um, just keep up with us over social media throughout February. We're going to have some awesome resources for Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Um, and yeah. Cool. Right on. Well, this is our first podcast interview over Zoom. So now I have to go figure out how to extract the audio. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, so if it happens, kudos, we did it right on. Um, and uh, I'm still working on why our audio for our mics, that's that's actually a software issue that I'm having a hard time trying to figure out. But anyway, you're listening to the Wisecast. Thank you for signing in with us. And until next time, stay awesome, stay safe, and stay, stay Rona-free. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you. Now I gotta figure out, hey, it's still recording. You are. <laughs>